everyone. Hello. Cuckoo. Welcome to Europhile. This is Kate Walker. And this is Catherine Rory. Are we saying this is? Whatever. I don't I'm know. doing it. It's fine. That's my name and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Kat, how are you? What's going on? I am good. Nothing much going on. Um, mm-hmm. I did cook a lot this week. We made four mm. double batches of pierogies <gasps> all vegetarian for mm. our traditional Polish Christmas. That okay, what's year. in it? Tell we me. Did a, I've never had a pierogi. Oh my God. Okay, I well, know. we made over a hundred. So It's everything I like, so I know I'll like it, but yeah. I just oh never have had it. So we did several. We did caramelized sauerkraut, which Stop is it. called sweet kraut. Mm-hmm. And which okay. we always serve during Thanksgiving too. That's like on okay. our Thanksgiving plate always. So we love it. Um, we did mm-hmm. cheddar and mashed potato. We did caramelized onion and mushroom no. and lentil. Are you kidding me? No. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I'm coming over yeah. whenever I can. <laughs> and, and I didn't know that a traditional Polish Christmas is vegetarian. So, oh, it is? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so literally two nights back to back, we were just making pierogies for a while. And oh yeah, God, they're, now they're all like organized in the freezer. So you have to boil them and then pan fry them oh, with okay. caramelized onions on top. Oh my God. They're Stop. just little pillows of <laughs> heaven. <laughs> I love how every culture has its form of dumpling almost. Yes. It doesn't like, it feels that mm-hmm. way. And none mm. of them are bad. You know, they're all no. so delicious. Mm-hmm. So we're excited for that. Yeah. How are you, Kate? I'm good. It's my brother's birthday today. So we did like Happy a virtual birthday, birthday party. <laughs> and I had a virtual baby shower. So I got like dressed up. You know, oh, it's like so yeah. nice to get dressed up. Yeah. And they sent I can hear that dog again. Pack- <laughs> I know. Little packages to make a French 75. Okay, wait, what's and- in that again? Okay, so it's Prosecco or champagne, okay. uh, gin, simple syrup, and then lemon. Yum. Just elegant what a perfect and bridal our own, shower. It was baby oh, baby shower. What a perfect um, baby shower. Yes. Little cocktail. perfect for me. I'm not pregnant. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. The sister-in-law, she sent this package and she's mm-hmm. like really big into calligraphy. So we got our own like personalized champagne flutes. It was just like so like the little touches of so thoughtful yeah yeah how cute oh that's so Mm. fun it's a social weekend from home yeah i know i'm (laughs) very exhausted and busy even though i was virtually you know social (laughs) should i get into it because it's my week this week let's begin okay normally what we do here is we pick a topic and then Mm -hmm. say like we'll tell the other person what country it is but you know i procrastinated all weekend. I was like, <laughs> what country are we doing? And I was like, ah, Russia. I don't know. I don't have a topic yet, but we're doing it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's getting a little cold. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I can find something. And then I'm like, here I am on Friday night asking like my dad, what, what, is, <laughs> what is the topic I can do? Oh my Texting God. my friend, Jen, who's like into art history. And I was like, okay. Jen, <laughs> what the fuck I can do. So Jen gave me this topic. Thank you, Jen. And we are going to talk about Russian vodka. 
<gasps> yes. Oh my God. This is fun. Yeah. Okay. It is really fun and juicy. Okay. Ooh. Okay. This is going to be a podcast that your dad probably will like. Not okay. your dad specifically, but like any dad. Yes. Because it's just facts, 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 facts. Cool. So, Nestorovia. That's what we're going to do. Gross. <gasps> Oh my God. Good for you. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I looked how to say that up. Her, I, Nestrovia? Yes. Right? Nestrovia. So, Nestrovia. Okay. So it's Polish for cheers too. And it's the same. Oh, it so. is like to your health, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I mean. Okay. So my first sort of like reference, my personal reference for Russian vodka is when Mikhail Baryshnikov stars in Sex in the City. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of the Russian tea room. Is it an episode of Europhile where we don't talk about Sex in the City? It all ties back together. I know. The Russian. What do you, like, comic? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so to go all the way back mm-hmm. to what is vodka? So the origin of vodka is unclear. Both Russians and your people, the Poles, mm, claim to have invented this. Mm-hmm. So according to Soviet historians, okay, so, cool. you know. Yeah, a little know. biased um, here, but yeah. it's all right. So they said that the monks in the Chudov Monastery in the Kremlin invented okay. vodka. Mm. But, you know. That's probably yeah. not true. <laughs> I I found different sources and all the sources were varying. So right. we don't know. Thanks yeah. for inventing it, whoever yeah. did. So since the story comes from like that it was invented by monks, they're saying it's holy, you know, they're men oh. of God. And mm-hmm. so they referred to vodka as aqua vitae, which is just water of life. Oh, okay. So I like that's that. why it's like, you know, it's credible because monks made it. Right. You know, so, so is champagne. <laughs> and I like that too. <laughs> and beer. I feel like the, what were the monks doing? They had all this time on their hands. They're hand. Trappist they just- monks. <laughs> <laughs> Boozing it up. Okay, so so this is a fun story. So in 1223, so quite a while ago, when a Mongol expeditionary force annihilated a Russian army multiple times their size, they realized it was partly because the Russians had charged on the battlefield drunk. Taking no sympathy for their drunken conquered, the Mongols took dozens of princes and lords and rolled them up in rugs (laughs) and then put a massive table on top of them to create like a long banquet table. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So when they did that, they started to scream and groan and Mm -hmm. then... Once the celebration feast was finished, this last line is fucked up. The Russians departed from their hangover into hell. So (laughs) that's aggressive. (laughs) Oh, hangover right to hell. I I know. What a sad way to go. Don't wish it on No. (laughs) Okay, so my next thing is alcohol helped decide Russia's official religion. So in the 10th century, Vladimir the Great, don't know anything about him, so don't ask me. Um, Okay. (laughs) 
he was fed up with paganism, and so he sought out to see what other religions he could join. Mm -hmm. Keep your options open. Yes, so he sent envoys out to research the neighboring states and invited religious representatives to come visit him and sort of like okay. woo him, you know? Mm -hmm. He played with Judaism a little bit. Um, he really did not like, like in Islam, he didn't like that he wasn't a fan of circumcision, oh. not eating pork, and most importantly, not eating alcohol, mm -hmm. or not consuming alcohol, I should say. <laughs> so, he's like, that's not fun. Yeah, he's like, I still want to have fun, fun for me. but these pagans <laughs> suck. So, yeah. so we need something new. <laughs> so he famously said, drinking is the joy of the Rus. <laughs> I mean, sure. So, Basically, I now that I can get behind that, they're Orthodox Christian, essentially. Okay, <laughs> like a version of that. That's interesting. I That's know. Good. So basically, as we know, the whole of Russian history is basically tied to vodka, <sighs> and so in the early days, vodka was made with wood alcohol, which gives it like a kerosene-like smell, and it was sold in buckets. Like I'm, I, when I read this, I like shivered. <sighs> You yeah. know, mm -hmm. I'm imagining what you used to drink. We all used to drink in college. Yeah. Oh. By the 16th century, vodka really became popular. Most of the vodka was produced by tavern owners and they became mm. very wealthy. Ooh. And by the mid 17th century, the consumption of vodka had gotten so out of hand that a third of the male population was in debt to these tavern owners. <laughs> Oh my God. Oops. And like farmers weren't working. They couldn't, <gasps> were too drunk, you know, to cultivate <sighs> their land. So I guess, you know, back then, what else did you have? Yeah. I think this probably was common There's no TikTok. all over the world. <laughs> what else could you do? Yeah. I don't know. Read? Could you even read? You know, like. Did you have books? Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah. You can get vodka on the cheap until you're in debt. Yeah. Apparently. So the state took over because, you know, they were having all these issues with people not working and right. there's not food getting cultivated and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So the state took over and monopolized the sale of vodka. Okay. Sort of to curb this issue, the Orthodox Church declared that vodka was an invention of the devil. <gasps> Betrayed. It destroyed all of the early documents relating to vodka. So like we don't really Ugh. know that much, you know, before the 17th century. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they can like deduce and guess from what was going on elsewhere, but... Going bummer from, to the like, water of life to being yeah, banned. Yeah, exactly. So what happens when there's like a ban, sort of like a prohibition sort of, what right. happens? It's black market, vodka is getting underground. made underground. This is when people started making homemade vodka. And it, the tradition of this still remains today. So that's like oh. interesting and fun. Yeah. Vodka can be flavored. It's like after it's made, but flavored with like honey or fruits. Mm. Um, I saw vegetables, pepper, <laughs> anything. Pepper. Yeah. Whoa. I know. Maybe like a Bloody Mary. Horseradish. Down for that. Ooh. I, I mean, I would never that. buy it. I would put that on Bloody you Mary. You want to try it? I'll, I'll have a Bloody Mary twice a year, max. Yeah. That's not my first choice if I was to, were to drink in the morning. Okay. But... Wh what would? What is your like a mimosa? Or what? Yeah. Or just champagne. Oh, okay. I mean, is that <laughs> like right now, right? 
Yeah. Um, but probably mimosa. Yeah. I love a Bellini. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. That's a, I, I think I, hmm. okay. Mimosa, I'll say. Okay. It depends on the mood though. The vibe. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. I digress. I, I wanted to know. I asked. Um, <laughs> okay. So basically czarist, Soviet and post-Soviet governments have been dependent on these vodka taxes, you know, cause it's government run now. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the 20th century, a third of the Russian army was paid by vodka tax. (laughs) Whoa. So, wait, you know. Do we know, were they like jacking up the prices or was it pretty reasonable? Okay, so I'll I'll get into that. Okay, okay, thanks. So, hold that thought. Um, So, prohibition, an actual prohibition was introduced in the Russian Empire in 1914. So it permitted the sale of hard liquor only in restaurants. So basically it's like curbing this homemade version of vodka. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of- smart. I mean, if that's what your agenda is, let the people drink it in a restaurant. I mean, if- the male population was getting so affected yeah. by drinking vodka, like in the day and not being able yeah. to function. And it's, it's not the best beer. way of going around is exactly. It's not like you're having like a vice, a wheat beer. Yeah. With your bratwurst. Mm-hmm. No, you're just drinking straight <laughs> vodka. God. So it was introduced this prohibition, you know, quotation marks. Right. Um because it's not like a complete pro, you know, they're not yeah. totally banning liquor. They're just banning mm-hmm. it from any place that's not a restaurant. So good, good, I guess. They're trying to like make people eat too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're trying to prevent their soldiers from become, being like drunks. Okay. As we saw with the, or heard with the Mongol story, you know, wasn't mm-hmm. the first time that not that do that again. <laughs> 400 years later. or whatever that was. So then Lenin ended the prohibition in the 1920s. So he was trying to like become popular. Okay. (laughs) People weren't really loving him. That's one way to do it. So he introduced a vodka light. Okay. Quotations. Oh, sounds awful. (laughs) So instead of being 40% proof, which is sort of normally what vodka is, I think between 20 and 40 now at least. Okay. And so it's only 30. Sure. And it's called uh, Rakobka. Yeah. So then after his death, after Lenin's death, I should say, full strength vodka. So like 40 proof, it's like 10 proof yeah. more. <laughs> Big difference. Okay. Yeah, you can just have life. another glass of the yeah. vodka light, Rakobka. <laughs> yeah. Those taxes helped to pay the industrialization of the Soviet Union in the 30s. Whoa. Jeez. Yeah. So that must have been all the, all a the ton brick, of money again. All the brick, brutalist type buildings mm-hmm. funded okay. by vodka. Interesting. So in World War II, the daily commissar's ration of alcohol provided by the government was 100 grams of vodka which Kat just looked up and is <laughs> about two and a half shots a day. So two and a half <laughs> shots a day. You're like you're getting tips. You're getting buzzed with that for sure. If you don't every eat, day. If you're not eating yeah. before you take that. Did any other government provide alcohol for their I, troops? I, I feel have like never France and Italy did like wine. Okay. You know, that feels right to me. I don't know for sure, okay. but I feel like that feels and the right to me. Coca-Cola. You get chocolate. <laughs> get, you get a Hershey bar. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> That's a good amount, though. So they were saying that. I wonder the- how good it was. Probably shit. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So they were saying that it's due to this ration that made the Russians like gave them, you know, the strength to turn the tide oh. against the Nazis and not what wow. what they attribute to like there's these like rocket launchers that militarily were important, but they were saying no. Yes. ration of <laughs> vodka to these soldiers wow. too funny. i believe it just give them a little zhuzh in their engine i don't know zhuzh <laughs> <laughs> in the engine so in the early so going forward in the early 2000s there was a nationwide panic i almost said pandemic just Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, topical was disrupted when a new regulation required all of the bottles to carry like it was the stamp it was oh. for taxing it and the government didn't print enough stamps <laughs> so everyone <laughs> did the toilet paper thing they like went and bought all the all the vodka <gasps> yes. and like stocked up because there was a, a shortage because oh they didn't there like there was enough made but not sold yeah because they didn't <laughs> That's poor planning. Yeah. They should know by now. I know. That their people drink a lot of vodka. I know. <laughs> Just to go back to like World War II again, vodka also ha- helped Stalin develop a friendship with Winston Churchill because he was mm. a very heavy drinker, as we know. Ooh, right. And Churchill abhorred communism until Stalin invited him over for a banquet in 1942 and they drank into the night and formed the foundation for the allied partnership that took down the third Reich. <gasps> Damn. Mm-hmm. The power of, of a few vodka. cocktails. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had like a proper pour of good vodka? just to sip on i never have that is i've never not something sipped I on want. vodka never no but I, you know a good quality one i would try i'd never have yeah um i'll tell you about like drinking customs but here's are just oh, like great. fun facts right now okay. so mikhail gorbachev so this is like in mm-hmm. 1985-ish so he attempted to you know they're having problems still with Russians and vodka and like people Mm. are dying like one in four people are dying from alcohol related (gasps) one in four well men really yeah okay in 1985, he tried to rein in the consumption by making the distilleries produce fruit juice and mineral water instead of vodka. And like that resulted in the prices of vodka skyrocketing. And oh, so both vodka sales and like government revenues plummeted. So it says for a short while, however, Gorbachev's plan worked. The average life expectancy for a Russian man briefly increased by three years from 62 oh. to 60. 60- 60 that's, that's really so young, young. <gasps> 62 to 60 wow that's pretty amazing though isn't that wild but Three they're like years. we don't care <laughs> they're like give us the affordable give vodka. us the goods <laughs> okay so i'm going to talk about a little bit about like vodka drinking customs please that's cool i don't know anything about it i do mm-hmm, not really partake either. in vodka it's not my top 10 no you know Mm-mm. hard liquor for me is gin Agree. Absolutely yeah. agree. I think it's because I started with vodka mm. back in my youth and it ruined me. Mm-hmm. And I'm ruined now. For Flavored it. stoli. Disgusting. Oh, Burnett's. No. In a, in a, oh. <laughs> UV blue. I know. That was in shit. a water bottle that's like crunchy because like you filled it up three times. Yes. 
I mean, we never did any of that. What do you no, mean? What are no. you saying? Mom, I was an angel. So vodka is traditionally consumed straight and cold. It is swallowed oh. in one gulp and no <gasps> sipping is allowed. Oh. Three glasses in a row for starters. The night is not considered over until all of the bottles of vodka are emptied. And so they say that sometimes you'll chase vodka with juice. And if you're a beer drinker, you will add vodka to your beer. <laughs> oh. And oh, I just am repulsed. Like I, just I was got shivering the entire, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> oh God. So traditionally, the difference between a vodka and an alcohol drinker was that the alcohol drinker waits until 5 p.m., um, which Uh-oh. the vodka <laughs> one doesn't. And there's no time that they start. They start whenever they wake up. I don't know. And okay. so two-hour lunches are like a popular thing or two-hour mm. vodka lunches. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> a vodka lunch. Yeah, which I'm concerned for you people. What, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> And then it said, sometimes it smells like the smell of stale vodka is on everyone's breath. And so they tried, oh. they're trying again, trying different things to curb alcoholism. Right. Shops that sell vodka don't open until 2 p.m. to keep workers from drinking it on the job and drinking it all day. Oh my God. But mm. so a common superstition among vodka drinkers is to not eat after the first glass. Okay. Like, no. Oh no. <laughs> You need a base. People. But now people are, you know, understanding that they need to. So they eat like jellied meats, fish, sauerkraut, okay. like pickles. A popular evening dish, I literally shivered again. Oh no. Reading this is vodka and water poured over a bowl of red berries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, no. Just oh, I have trauma. Have shivers down my spine. <laughs> Oh God. So also, now no we're one listened to this about, at 7 a.m. I know. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Stolen Schneia. Stoli. Oh, okay. okay great. I know that. Um, Stolen Schneia is Russia's most famous brand of vodka. In 1996, it was used by the government. So the government was using the Stolen Schneia name. And basically, a lot of Russians don't drink Stoli anymore because- oh. They like don't know what's in it. It wasn't like really regulated. Like oh yeah, another brand, Muscovia, Muscovia, Muscovia. I don't know. Sorry, mm-hmm. is another big brand there, and it's flavored slightly with sodium bicarbonate, so it's like a little like fizzy. And Stoli oh. is flavored is sweetened with sugar. Oh. If you're watching your carbs, like don't, Mm-mm. and also it's not necessarily derived from potatoes like it can be, but it can just be like grain, rye, wheat, oh, whatever. Okay. I would love to try like a honey vodka situation. Oh yeah. yeah. That sounds pretty good to me. All right, Kat. That was my <gasps> oh, little brief history you. on That was a great topic. I love that. You know, let's um, hope that they can- extend their male life expectancy yep please let's hope Mm -hmm. but also you know keep enjoying yourselves keep enjoying in a respectful manner yeah (laughs) right (laughs) okay well i can dive into my little topic today okay i am going to tell you 
a little bit about the history of the Matryoshka doll. <gasps> Thank God. Nesting doll. I was looking into that. <laughs> And I was like, this is more of like a mini. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm ready. Once again, we're just so insane. You know, of course, everyone knows the traditional Russian nesting dolls. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why they, they just have such an appeal. Mm -hmm. They're just so so darling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're just normally, you know, cute girls and bright colored traditional peasant clothing. Mm. And I just, there's something so delightful about Mm -hmm. them so originally they are not russian at all which Mm. i thought was interesting because they're so synonymous yeah yeah they're Mm -hmm. the symbol of russia Mm -hmm. i think to the rest of the world there is physical proof of nesting boxes that first existed about a thousand years ago in china and then from china they went to japan and then they started creating nesting dolls to honor deities Mm. that they had And then the dolls came to Russia in the late 19th century, which is not that long ago, you know, Yeah. Um, because there was a woman named Elizaveta Monotova. Okay. And she was the wife of like this wealthy Russian entrepreneur. And she went to Japan Mm -hmm. and brought back a souvenir of these nesting deity Mm -hmm. dolls. So her husband was Sava Mamatov. And he was like a patron of the arts Mm -hmm. and an advocate for preserving Russian culture and folk Mm. art, especially passing it down to children. Okay. I know. In the late 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Really lovely. And I feel like now in in our lifetime, there's been a resurgence of trying to preserve these things. But it was pretty amazing that back then it was still happening. I know. It was happening. When is the Russian Revolution? Don't. don't Hold on. I'm going to ask. Hold on. Russian. I feel like it was like 18. Oh, 1917 to 1923. Oh, duh. Duh. Anastasia. Yeah. But I just didn't know like how long it lasted or anything like that. I thought you were going to talk about them or. um, Oh my God. I wanted to. Or who's that? That's just too big though. Oh, um, Rasputin. Rasputin. I thought you were going to do that. Anyway. Okay. So because of his interest in preserving folk art, etc., he founded the Children's Education Workshop, which kind of was a team assembled mm-hmm. of artisans and some of them created dolls and toys depicting Russian culture and lifestyle. Oh. What a cute little community that they had. Mm. So here it kind of gets fuzzy in what happens. So Elizaveta comes back from Japan probably shows it to her husband, her Mm -hmm. nesting dolls. And then eventually we have the two men who are attributed with creating the Russian Matryoshka. Okay. Matryoshka. Mm -hmm. Um, And their names were Sergei Melutin and Vasily Zyotchkin. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) Bravo. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they are the two credited with making the Matryoshka doll. Mm-hmm. And the name Matryoshka means little matron. Mm-hmm. So like little mother. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to two names that were really popular at the time, which was Matriona and Matryosha. Okay. So probably a culmination of those things led mm-hmm. to Matryoshka. And so we have the biggest doll who is the mom and then her daughters, traditionally, it's the mom and then daughters with one son in the middle. And then we've got a little baby oh, at the end. There's a boy in there? Yeah. I've Sorry. never seen. Yeah. yeah I, I never know. knew that there was a boy. 
And it's kind of fun that it's all girls for the most yeah. part. And you would think that maybe the first one would be a boy, but it's not. Okay. You know, I yeah, just yeah. thought that was yeah. nice. Originally, they were all painted in traditional Russian peasant attire, you know, cute little mm-hmm. aprons Folk and work. all really colorful mm-hmm. and each little child held individual like various household items oh, the cute. rooster oh. a bowl with porridge a little broom yeah really just darling mm-hmm. then it became popular the world over because many historians think that Elizaveta then brought them to the Exposition Universelle mm-hmm. in Paris in 1900, where the toy, it was like a toy competition and it earned a bronze medal. And so from then on, it has become really famous and known as a symbol of Russia. Mm, that's cute. Yeah. So that's just the brief little history. And I asked my mom, I was like, do we have any? Because I yeah. thought I remembered that we do. We have two. We have one that is really old, and it's a Santa one. So it's just like Cute. little little Santas inside each other, and they mm-hmm. all they have like little teddy bears. They're it's adorable. Mm-hmm. And then we have a Packers one. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, where is this from? Because I was like, maybe it was Your my parents love or something. Football. No, no. My my dad watches. Yeah, but not yeah. religiously. I don't remember ever growing up. Did do yours? My parents like parties, so. They like doing yeah. things with other people. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason for the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, like that's the only reason. But yeah, I don't remember growing up with football, so I was like, "Where?" I don't. I assumed it was my grandpa's or something, and I asked my mom today because then I realized it was Aaron Rodgers because they all have numbers. Oh, stop! And so I was like, "This is new," and she said, "Yeah." Your Aunt Mary got that in Sicily on her trip like three years ago and got it for us. So like the, now they're what made all over souvenir. the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is so random. I was like, oh, it's funny that she bought that. Yeah. But yeah, it's oh, just a tiny cute. little delightful history of the cute Matryoshka doll. You should um, take a picture of one and put it on the like yeah. our story oh, or yeah. Instagram mm-hmm. or something. Um, should we go on to our recommendations for this week? Yes, please. What do you have for me? Okay. I <laughs> wanted to do mine first in case you you also said this, <laughs> but I doubt it. It is a show I finished. <gasps> so good. Okay. So the show is not European, but Hugh Grant is. <laughs> And the undoing oh. is amazing, oh. and everyone should oh watch it. Oh my god! It is oh my a god. cliffhanger every oh. episode, and I love it. yeah, it just. I watched all five oh episodes gosh. in one day, and I didn't realize that the sixth hadn't come out yet, and I was pissed because I was like, "I'm gonna finish it all right now." I'm sorry. Someone get Hugh mm. Grant an award. Yes, an yeah. Emmy. What do, what do they yes. give for yeah. TV shows? Um, he needs an Emmy. Somehow get him an Oscar. He's gonna, get, get that man get an, an, Oscar an Oscar for that TV show. <laughs> oh, and so Nicole. Good. I mean, they were no, all were so amazing. Donald Sutherland. Mm. He looks mm. ancient yeah. now. He looks yeah, so old. he does kind of look old. Because he looks, he looks thin, great, but like, too. Yeah. I think in, so I guess, you know, Pride and Prejudice. Is my basically my other reference for him. And he's a little heavier, so he he looks a little. Yeah. He doesn't look. I mean, just, that's what he's like more ten years old now. Yeah. So 15. now he's a little bit older, a little bit. Oh god. Two thousand five. Wow. Anyway. No. Amazing show. Mm-hmm. Everyone, go watch it. Mm-hmm. Agree. 
Kat? I have another form of entertainment to recommend. I watched for the first time, and if you follow us on Instagram, you saw I watched Cleo de Saint-Cassette <gasps> by Agnes Varda yesterday yes. for the first time. Cleo from five to seven. And I had never seen it before. I'd seen it. I've, I've seen never seen French it. New Wave. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It's the story of Cleo who finds out she's waiting for test results from her doctor if she has cancer or not. Mm. So it's like a couple hours in her life of, and she's a famous singer. (laughs) And it's, and it's the guy from Breakfast at Tiffany's who is the Brazilian that she's going to marry, that she wants to marry. I don't remember. Do you remember? No. Okay. Okay. Need to see this immediately. I know. I talked to our friend Emil and I was like, what is like the first Agnes Varda film that you recommend? Oh, what did he say? He said Cleo Sankasset. Oh, this? Yeah. Okay. It was good because it, to me, it was a very good movie if you want to get into French New Wave. You know, okay. if you, it's I like would because it was like jarring, it wasn't like as a weird. Truffaut or Truffaut, yeah. more like a Godard. Godard, or yeah. like, I'm not, kind weird of, isn't the right choice, but it, there are stylized. weird cuts. Yeah. Yes. This had more flow like a tr- tr- traditional Hollywood mm-hmm. movie, I would say. Okay. I've yeah, seen, great. I saw her, her short film, Plaisir d'Amour in Iran. Oh. The Pleasure of Love oh. in Iran. And it is okay. beautiful. It's like five minutes. <gasps> okay. It's not that long. Is that on Criterion? It is on Criterion, yes. And okay. you see like a beautiful, I think it's a mosque in okay. Iran in the 70s. So oh, just, you posted that on our Instagram. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I saw <laughs> it and it's really cute. It's good. Anyway. Yeah. Love it. I recommend anyone. Yay. <laughs> Gonna watch. Shall we end with my word of the day? Please. Yes. Okay. So I had a hard time because I found so many fun things, but I don't know Russian. I don't have any experience with okay. Russian. And I, so I found a cute little one. So the word is blin, blin. and it means pancake. Oh, It directly translates to pancake, but it's another expression of surprise or annoyance, like, oh my God. So it's blin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, imagine instead of saying, oh my God, you go pancake. <laughs> oh God, I just thought that That's was so cute. funny. Blin. Yeah. Blin. Blin. Yep. Oh my God, cute. <laughs> is maybe there's like a derivative of like Bellini or something. I wonder. Yeah. Because that's like a little there, there was another way of saying, oh my God, but this one was like a little bit more innocent. Like mm. it's not really a swear yeah, word. Like, it's like silly. You're not gonna get in trouble, I think, mm-hmm. for saying bleen. It's just mm-hmm. pancake. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Russian word is net. I mean, Nyet. from all the Russian that I know, you know. Mm-hmm. It's no. Yet. Yet. It just really, I love how it comes out and, mm-hmm. you know, the feeling that your mouth mm-hmm. makes me see. I know, me too. All right, everyone. Well, thank you thank for you tuning so much, in Kate. again. I loved that. Um, Nastrovia. Nastrovia. To your health. Cheers. Thank- oh, spasiba. Spasiba. Thank you. <laughs> and da, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, we everyone. We will talk to you next week. Ciao. Ciao.